Hey everyone and welcome back to The Perspective, a show where we tackle paranormal and supernatural claims, belief in aliens, conspiracy theories, and pretty much any claim you want to call in with it, and we apply a skeptic's lens. I'm your host, Ethan, and alongside me is Jim Barrows. Jim, how are you tonight? Oh, not too bad. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing good. How have, uh, how have things been going over at AXP? Uh, you know, we're cooking along quite nicely, um, adding more hosts and getting more people involved in not only AXP, but Talk Heathen and Secular Sexuality and Truth Wanted and all the other shows that we do. So I've uh, actually been watching Secular Sexuality a lot more. Um, I have a, a show similar to it, but I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy it. It's extremely educational. Um, they did an episode recently on on sexual anxiety, where uh-huh. that whole episode I felt like was for me because I've experienced that most of my life, that like anxious crazy anxious feeling beforehand um, right yeah it's a great show yeah uh you ready to jump into calls well actually Let's go ahead. before we do that why don't if you could give everyone a little bit uh a background about yourself um in my professional life i'm a software engineer um i've been doing that for over 20 years um, started doing AXP two years ago now. Um, got started on nonprofits. I knew there was a show I was missing. Um, quite by accident. Uh, I happened to be in the studio when uh, one of the regular hosts was unable to make it. And they said, hey, do you want to jump in? And um, started doing shows from there. Um, so, uh, and so now occasionally do shows for other people and having some fun talking to people and figuring things out. Nice. Well, I appreciate you taking the come time to come on uh, the perspective. Well, looking forward to it. Sweet. All right. So we've got our first caller coming in from California. Um, this person wants to talk about shadow people. Uh, Peter, I believe we've spoken on the past. You're on with Jim and Ethan. How are you? Peter? Crap, I had the, that line muted. Peter uh, wants to talk about shadow people. You're on with Jim and Ethan. Can you hear me? I can hear you guys loud and clear. Awesome. I had the, the studio line muted that whole time, so nobody could hear us. That's awesome. Well, the audience on YouTube could hear us. The people on the phone couldn't hear us. Huh. Um, so if you could, uh, Peter, tell us what shadow people are. Awesome. See, it's, uh, thank you for having me, guys, as, as a guest. It's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, thanks for calling in. Shadow people are. Um, thank you. Uh, what I believe shadow people are, I'm not so sure. I'm I'm still um trying to figure that out. It's uh, been a whole mystery to me. I I don't know if it's uh, a demon, ghost, the devil. Um, I have no idea what it could be. So okay, what do they look like, or what are to to the best of your knowledge, what are these? shadow people so so um good question so um my experiences with shadow people is that it basically has a a human form with no features it just literally looks like a shadow but instead of being like like on the floor like 2d is actually like a three-dimensional being um no eyes no nose um pretty tall it seems to have a a male um characteristic uh, and um yeah, I could tell you guys a story of how it, I started seeing them in my life. Okay. If, if you could, yeah. 
sweet. So um, as far as I can remember to, to when I was younger, to the most recent one, um, I'll start off when I was younger. Um, I was possibly around the age of five or six. Um, I used to love um, early in the morning go, going outside to my backyard and playing with toys, G.I. Joes, and all these action figures. And um, my dad was the type of person who used to um, love having a garden. We had like a pomegranate tree. We had peach trees. We had grapes. We had lemon trees. We had anything you could imagine. So um, uh, I remember I would always go outside and play in the backyard. And there was a shadow figure sitting down underneath the lemon tree. And I, I was just a little boy. I didn't really understand it. And I was my mind was just on focused on playing that I, I, I never paid attention to him. I seen him, but besides seeing him, I never did anything until one day. Um, I ran outside to play. It was early in the morning. And he was sitting down underneath the shadow. I mean, underneath the lemon tree. And I saw the shadow man sitting there. So I approached him. And when I approached him, he got up. And I, and as I got closer, he, he started to run away. So I chased him as a little kid. And um, we had chicken wire all over, our, um, all over our backyard. And I remember that he just passed through the chicken wire. And as a little boy, that freaked me out. So I went running inside screaming my lungs out have that was you, my first time ever encountering a shadow person have you ever heard of uh heard of shadow people jim uh no um this is the first time i've heard of them um and i mean a couple of questions come to mind is um how do you know this was not just your imagination the, the i mean a couple of things can happen with um you sound much older than that now, so I'm imagining at least a decade or two has passed since this first happened. But we often don't remember things correctly because every time we remember something, we're remembering the last time we remembered it, not what we actually, what the first memory impression was. And that can create issues where we don't quite remember things the way that they actually happened. And so I'm just wondering... How do you, I mean, do you have any corroboration? Do you have anybody who was there with you? Um, how do we know that the, this isn't just your brain filling in the blanks and your brain doing what brains do with sketchy information, which is fill in the blanks and, and make up a story? Um, brains are exceptionally good at that. Um, perfect question. I love it. So um, I have a good answer to that um, because that, that happened when I was about five to six years old. Mm -hmm. I'm currently now 28, and I had a I had a recent occurrence that happened to me, I'd say, like a couple of months ago. So that's okay. why I know that it wasn't nothing filling up my brain or like, like, like. So I'll tell you this quick story. Um, I was I was I have cameras all over my house. Uh, I have the ring system, and um, okay. so. So I was I was gonna hang out with some with some girl and then uh, we we're gonna hang out hang out inside my car because like um, I still live with my family and um, they uh, they don't want people coming inside the house because of like the whole COVID thing so we we're just gonna hang out outside and, and, and hang out inside my car and we we're gonna actually stay up to uh, watch the stock market open because I was teaching her about the stock market mm -hmm. so it was it was probably a little bit past midnight and I was hanging out with this chick right inside my car. And, and I looked at my rearview mirror and I seen something pass by, like, 
like it covered the whole mirror. It wasn't just like a small thing. Like it covered mm -hmm. my whole rearview mirror, and my eyes actually tracked it. Like it, I, when it moved, my eyes, my pupils followed it. And and the, this is the the craziest part. So after I seen that, I told her I was like, hey, like please don't freak out. Like I think I just seen somebody pass behind us. And um and 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 there was also uh, other cars that were parked there, like my my little brothers. And um, it literally passed behind his trunk. So I explained to the girls, like, yeah, you know what? Like, like I don't know what it was. It kind of seemed like a shadow that passed by. And then um, and then I have cats all over the house, right? Like, I, I, was, I, was, I was trying to put everything into, into perspective, you know? Like, oh, okay. what if it was a cat? What if it was this? But the thing that I know that it wasn't a cat for sure is because cats are small. Like, they're not going to take up the whole rear, rear view mirror, like, 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 like when it, if it were to pass. And it gets crazier because, like, five minutes after after I seen that, uh, the girl's phone rings, and it, and it's her mom that's calling her. But she doesn't pick up, right, because we're just hanging out and stuff. So she doesn't pick up. But we got so spooked out that I took her home. We didn't even we didn't even wait for the stock market to open. So I took her home, and I came back home. And after dropping her off, I, I, I parked my car, and then I noticed that the that as I was, as I was passing by through my little brother's car i noticed that there was a, a light flashing inside his dashboard so i kind of peeked in through the window and i saw that it, it was it was flashing the light that his trunk was open and then i never noticed that so i was like well so i went inside i told my little brother hey like i had to wake him up i was like hey your trunk is open you know he was like well like i haven't opened it all day and the shadow the shadow person that i saw or the shadow figure whatever it was passed right behind his car like in his trunk so, so I, can i, I ask you a question where it gets more sure are, are you familiar with para pareidolia i am not so it's the tendency uh to, to uh if i'm reading it verbatim the tendency for perception to impose a meaningful interpretation uh on a nebulous stimulus so essentially you're uh like you are seeing something but you're 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 I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. You're so you're, you're you're seeing it, and your brain is interpreting um, what it's seeing. So it doesn't get a full image, and so your brain tries to fill it in. Um, the the you know there's the the uh, the face on Mars is is an example. Um, it is not a face on Mars. It's just a rock formation. But when we see the the fuzzy details, our brain fills in a face. And this is something. This is what I was talking about earlier. Is that when we see things we're not quite sure of and we don't have time to focus on, we very often will fill in details. It's how the brain works, um, and what it what it attempts to do when with limited information. Um, and this is audio and visual. So you say it can't can't fill up a, a or a cat can't fill up a whole rearview mirror well it can if the light if it's standing in shadow right if there's a light source behind it um the shadow will be bigger than the cat in many cases um a classic horror movie trope um you know is is the the teeny tiny little mouse that that casts a great big monstrous shadow on the wall um but that is something we do all the time um as, as people um, you know, just today I was looking through mail and looked up and I thought there was a, a person standing in the, the cabana opposite of me. I looked again and, and there wasn't. And that was just my brain filling in 
pieces of information because what I was looking at was vaguely head, head shaped. And I, I do mean vaguely. Um, so this kind of stuff happens to us all the time. So I'm wondering how do you eliminate your, uh, again, how do you eliminate your brain and just functioning normally, uh, attempting to help you out with, by filling in information? How do you eliminate that as a possibility? Um, good, good question. So, um, so, so what happened, um, um, when I continue the story, you know how I told you that I was with the chick and then I saw the shadow, the shadow figure in my, in my mirror mm -hmm. and then we got spooked out. So I took her home, but for five minutes after, um, I saw the shadow figure, her, her phone ring and it was her mom. So, so, but she didn't pick up. But anyways, I took her, I took her home and I came back home and I, I, I told my brother the whole trunk situation. He closed it and, right. I, and I fell asleep. When I woke up the next day, I woke up to so many texts from that, from that girl that I was hanging out with. And she was like, so many texts. And she was like, Hey dude, you wouldn't even believe what happened. Like when my mom called me last night, she was calling me because they said that they saw a shadow person in their own home. And I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, please don't be, don't be messing with me. Like, is that really true? Like, that's the reason why your mom was calling you. And she said, she was saying that it was so true. So right. So more weirder. Uh, again, I have to, I, I, I come back to the same question, right? Um, visual perception uh, is not always the most reliable indicator of the truth. Uh, an eyewitness testimony is the least reliable testimony we have. So um, you come up with a shadow story, uh, shadow person story, you tell the girl you're with, and she tells her mom and all of a sudden it's shadow people. Um, that kind of transference of, of eyewitness testimony is the reason why uh, cops keep eyewitnesses separated is so they don't con the stories don't get contaminated. Um, and it's not anybody doing anything intentionally. It's, it's partly just the way humans operate. So, I mean, we just have more questions rather than answers, right? Is... Uh, all right. Uh, well, here's my question, Peter. Is there a way we could put this to the test? Like, do you rely, do you see them on a regular basis? Is there a way you can set up a camera and prompt them to come out? Like, is there anything we can do to get an additional verification uh, out of this? Um, good question, because I'm very fearless. I've always told myself, if I ever see it again, like, I, I, I run after, I'll literally look back. So when I seen it, when I was in my car, I quickly opened my door and I got out the car and I checked, but I didn't see anything. Um, I, I, I don't know, like they just seem to, to I, I don't see them that often to be honest. Like, like, like this year, I've seen them twice, but I, I can't summon them, I can't conjure them, I can't draw a circle on the ground and put candles and like make them come up. Like, it's just, it's just very weird. I just know that, that whoever that is, whatever it is, somehow like likes to, likes to keep an eye on me but it's very weird it's not it's like may all right so so another thing about it mm -hmm. like like i was at work last time i was at work and I, i'm a security guard and i, I work with armenians and russians and I, I i work a graveyard shift i work from six 12 hour shift from 6 6 p.m to 6 a.m and um so i was at work and and um this was this year i've only seen them I seen them twice this year, once in my car and then once in this story that I'm about to tell. So then I was in my car 
And part of my job is stay inside the car and every 45 minutes uh, do a patrol around the around the building, around the site, just to make sure that nobody's around. And then mm-hmm. I ha- I work with another coworker, and he and he's a uh, he's an Armenian, and um he's he's about the age of like fifty, and um every time he does a patrol, he passes he passes by my car, and every time I do a patrol, I pass by his car. We're like in like like north and south, like right, okay, yeah. So then um I was I was it was maybe like around it was maybe like around eight thirty. I remember. It was, the sun was still out here in California since the summer. It's still um the sun goes right. down kind of latest, but it was it was going down. It was dimming down. It wasn't too bright, but not too too dark. It was like in between, and um it was eight thirty p.m. and I was I was so sleepy. I was so sleepy. I was in my car and I was dazing off. I was listening to like a YouTube video. I was watching a YouTube video, mm-hmm. and I was dazing off to the point where I couldn't watch the video no more. I had to literally put the phone down in my lap because my head was naughty. And then as, as I looked down in the rear room mirror, another thing about this site, since there's a construction site, we all got to wear orange vest and a hard hat. Like right. it's not allowed to be inside without, without that gear. So then I was dazing off, right? And I put my phone down in my lap and then I was, I, I, I was dazing off. I couldn't even open my eyes. And then all I was thinking was, I can't, I can't, let, the, I can't let my coworker catch me sleeping. So right. I remember I was dazing off and I would look at my mirror once in a while just to see if I could see him coming at a distance so I could kind of like slap myself up and wake up. So I remember I looked in the mirror and I see a, a person walking towards me. But I remember that when I saw he didn't have a hard hat or a helmet. I mean, a, a hard hat and a vest. So as soon as I, I, I saw that, it kind of woke me up a little bit. But I'm telling you, I was dazed out. But I saw him for like a second. So I turned around to my to my seat. Cause I drive a coupe, so there's only mm-hmm. seats on my um, on my car. So so on, on the on the passenger side, I had my hard hat. So I turned around real quick to get my hard hat, and I was gonna go and check because I thought somebody was trespassing because they didn't have like a a vest or a hard hat. So I turned around real quick, less than a second to get my hard hat. I put it on and I look back in the mirror and there's nothing. All right. So you're you're tired. So your mind is already prone to um, coming up with things. Uh, again, you catch it out of the, the the corner of your eye, and when you look, it's gone. Is this still sounds like paradoia to me? It still sounds like you're, and, and now you've seen it so often that you're now conditioned to see it and to make those interpretations even more every time you see something that that might be close to to what you think it should be. We have to uh, wrap up this call in a moment, but I'm wondering, Peter, if if sure. Jim and I can come up with a test for you to try. I, you know, I'd have to really think this over, but would you be open to sure. open to testing this? Yeah, for sure. Of course. Anything. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded to anything. That's, that's really good to hear. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to try and think of something. Maybe I'll talk to Jim, see if we can figure out a way to test this and I will follow back up with you on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I know I would like you to call back another time so we could get into the space discussion. Um, because for those who oh, yeah. who don't know, uh, the caller on the line believes space is a hoax. And as much as I'd love to jump into that right now, we do have a few other callers we got to get to. So uh, Peter would love to have you call back. And thank you so much for taking the time to call into the show. 
Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure for always having me and keeping me in mind. I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. I hope you have a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah, you guys have a great day. Be safe, guys. You too. You too. What did you think of your first call, Jim? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, you know, the only way to test it is to put cameras up. Um, and then if he sees it and the cameras don't, then where are we? Um, you know, so uh it it just really does i mean i think we've all done it where we think we have seen something um and then we get a little bit closer and realize it's not it trees form shapes um night shadows all that kind of good stuff just makes for a a really interesting place for someone with a vivid imagination right um okay cool we <clears throat> are going to get to our next caller in just a moment uh they want to talk about their haunting experience during the full moon on saturday um Alyssa, you are on with ethan and jim how are you i'm good how are you doing good thanks for uh taking the time to call in today so Alrighty. could you tell us go ahead and tell us a little bit about this haunting you're referring to no it, so as weird as it sounds I have a five-year-old that can see spirits, and she was telling me for a while that there had been a little girl in our house. Me not believing it, I got our house staged, and my wonderful neighbors helped me, and next thing you know, we're outside and watching my neighbor walk out, not knowing anything, me not knowing anything, and watching her just walk into the back. Hold on. Okay. Watch. It's hot outside. Uh, I was watching her walk all the way into the back, and next thing you know, I see her, and she. It, it's just weird. I watched a little girl come right out of her body, and I'm sitting there like, wait, no, wait, I wait. Sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Could you repeat what you just said one more time? I watched a little, the little girl spirit that was haunting my house come out of my neighbor's body the other night. Like, point blank, watched the spirit run directly out of her body behind all the trees. And... I know a lot of people don't believe in that stuff. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then I was like, holy crap, that actually happened. And then I've had other ghost stories here too. So, Well, this one's fascinating. So you saw what you believe was a spirit of some type run, literally run like a person running out of the body. Yes. Uh, are... <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of questions come up. I mean, uh, how, how do you know this was not just, um, uh, uh, again, a, a paradoyal moment, something you saw something and you interpret it this way, or, you know, I hate to bring up hallucinations, but there's a whole lot of things that, that come to mind um other than spirits because every time we try to investigate this 
it fails, right? And the only thing we have are eyewitness testimonies like yours. But as I said in the other caller, to the other caller, eyewitness testimony is some of the worst forms of, of evidence that we have for anything. So um, what, I mean, what, what have you done to try and disprove that this is a spirit or are you just accepting that as, as, the, uh, as the claim? I'm, it's, it was definitely a spirit. It was definitely a spirit because that little girl had been in my house since November of last year and she would taunt me. So to see her leave my friend's body and go was probably the best thing I'd ever seen. So are you, well, you, know, you, you started off with it being your daughter and now it's your friend. Was it your daughter or your friend or your friend's daughter? My daughter, okay, so my daughter sees spirits. She talks okay. to the dead. People think that's crazy. People think that's weird to me. It's just normal five-year-old I behavior. I won't label it crazy. I <laughs> definitely won't but do that. My, But my neighbor, she, her, she is very, very spiritual, and I needed her help and her husband's help to stage my house. And... I, me being me, like not thinking anything of it, that that little girl spirit was in my house. Cause me, I'm just like, Hey, leave me alone. This is Savannah, Georgia. Everywhere you live in this town, your house is no matter what haunted with something. And she Why do you walked say into that? my daughter's room, walked into the closet, came out of the closet in like a trance state with her eyes closed, walked down my stairs, walked down my hallway downstairs and walked right out the front door and out into the field. And that's when I saw the little girl just run. So are you saying both you and your daughter can see spirits? Um, I am a intuitive and I am also a clairvoyant. So yes, I can, I can't see them all the time, but I can hear them. My daughter can see them. Okay, there's a few different. I, I have a lot of questions now. Um, when you say clairvoyant, can you define that for me? What does clairvoyancy mean to you? Well, my ears constantly ring, and no, it's not tendonitis. I feel cold spots of positive and negative energy, and half the time they just want my attention. My daughter actually sees them, I don't see them. How? The other night was the first time in how? No, no, I was going to say, sorry, I was, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like, how do you know it's like your daughter's actually seeing spirits versus having an active imagination? Because like, I know when I was younger, I had I, a very active I, imagination, which it kind of toned I down as it. I got older. I question it. And okay. that's how I know when she's joking around or when she's telling the truth. I question it until she gives me the proper answer. But the only difference is with my daughter compared to my neighbor who helps the dead, you know, she sees, my neighbor sees the dead in a different way and my daughter sees the dead, dead. <laughs> so, so here's kind of the other question that I have with, with people who see the dead or claim they see the dead. Um, billions on billions of people um, have lived and died um, 
since the first Homo sapien uh, walked the earth. So is it just Homo sapien spirits that you see, or what about some of the earlier hominids? When when does that start happening for to see a spirit? I mean, I've I've that I can't question <laughs> that I can't answer to because it just happens. Well, you, you see what I'm I saying now, right? Cause we we've evolved yeah. um, from, from earlier primates. So at what point, I mean, if it's all the primates, then why do we only see human spirits? If it's only, and if we only say it's limited to homo sapiens, um, then why isn't the planet filled with them? Because it should be. I mean, you think about it, if they're all walking around or they're still in the afterlife, then it, there should be a lot more than most people are claimed to see. So what happens to that? Um, I mean, how do, you, how do you explain that? <laughs> I don't even know how to put that into words. Right. All I was going to say is some, <laughs> some people, uh, like some some people like me and my neighbor and my daughter, all we have what I would call gifts, which people in all reality we don't like to tell a whole lot of people because of what we can do or what my neighbor can see. We don't like telling people a whole lot because we get you know the weird looks like oh they're the weirdos you know right like, and, and i'm not i'm not questioning your abilities i'm, I'm actually kind of questioning um the, the 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 physics so to speak it's not really phys i guess the metaphysics of how does you know why aren't you seeing uh spirits from like when the native americans uh were the only ones on this continent um or prior to that, um, you know, uh, in, in other countries. My five-year-old sees a Native American spirit that was on this land, you know, three, four, five thousand years ago. Okay, and, and how, how do you how do you know that? How do you, how do you know when they left? I do all my research before we move to every military base. Every military base, I like to know oh. about the land, how the land is, and what I'm walking into. <laughs> Are you in the military? If that's too personal, you don't. My have husband's to in the military. Okay. My husband okay. is in the military. Okay, but <laughs> we—I mean, that doesn't really answer the question. How do you know they're from thousands of years ago, right? What what is the the defining features that that tell you what the age age of when someone lived was? What are those those pieces? Oh, I mean, what I've seen doing my research, it's paintings, it's drawings, and then the base that I do live on, they actually have the artifacts that they dug up before. They right, but these are people, not the artifacts. The, we're talking about people. So you're, you're looking at a at the spirit, spirit of a person. How do you know this person lived 3,000 years ago? What is it about that spirit that tells you when they were alive? I think like, I think what Jim's asking is like, did the spirit say to your daughter, hey, I'm 3,000 years old or hey, I'm 5,000 years old? Like, no, no. 
that the one other spirit that's in my house does not speak. He mainly just hangs out in my upstairs hallway and watches everybody that comes in and out of the upstairs. The only description I've had from what my daughter has told me is that he has long black hair. He has his war paint and he wears, you know, what they used to wear with the coverings over their butt and their front part. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you think? And, and what, what what part of the country are you in right now? I just need I'm a state. In coastal Savannah, Georgia, the most haunted city in the United States. Okay. Um, <laughs> is there with 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 how often this happens, Alyssa? Do you think it's possible? for us to set up like a test with you? Like, could you put up a camera and like, we like see what you're, uh, can we see any of these spirits in some way or how else can we verify that this is actually happening? Now, I don't want to necessarily put this on, on your daughter cause I don't want to put a kid through a test, but I mean, with you your ability up in my house, do I'm you sorry. want it set up in my house or do you want it set up outside? Because I also, I do see shadow figures every day, so I could set it up. They're, they're walking around all day, every day. Did you hear the last caller by chance? Because so, the caller before you also mm, said they saw shadow people. Oh, I see shadow people all the time, but here's the difference. They don't bother me, and I don't bother them. They don't come near me or come near my house because I have boundaries set. Right. What does that mean? It means would... that I only welcome positive energy and no negative energy. These shadow figures that I see are not positive. They are all negative. All right. I'd kind of like to go back to the, the Native American thing because the first thing that struck me about your description was that's awfully Hollywood. Um, and oh. I'm looking through right now as we speak pictures of Native American dress um, that we actually have. And none of the Native Americans I'm looking at right now are dressed Hollywood. Um, so I'm kind of curious I is- you, I want you to look at Chief Tamauchi. Chief Tamauchi. How do you spell that? Do you know how to spell that? See if Hello? people get some close. Oh, no. No, no, no. Audio line just got unestablished. Hang on. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. I am sorry, everyone. Bear with me one moment. Yeah. Oh, that absolutely categorically sucks hang on okay one moment sorry to everyone watching the the uh studio line between uh call-in studio and um um said call-in studio and google voice dropped so just bear with me one moment call from yeah. okay Alyssa, can you hear us Oh, uh, no, we just, okay, hopefully they'll call back. 
we just lost two of our callers. Let's. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Um... Hello. Hey, can you can you hear us? Yes. Okay. Sorry, our studio line dropped. Uh, I apologize about that. Um, and before we get back into the conversation, I do want to read Keith Heath's super chat. Uh, sh thank you, Shirley. All. Uh, Five-year-olds see spirits, but you have to be 21 to drink them in the United States. A uh, little liquor humor. Um, okay, Jim, where did we, or Jim Alyssa, where do we leave off at? Um, I was trying to find those chiefs she was talking about, and I was looking for a spelling because I tried to spell it like it sounded, and I could not find anything. So how do you spell uh, Tamauchi? Tamauchi? I didn't understand what. Hold on. All right. P-O-M-O-C-H-I-C-H-I. -C -H -I -C -H -I. Okay. Ah, I see. Okay. Wikipedia page, nothing there. That'll give you, like, kind of what they used to wear back then. Yeah, I was just looking at uh, actually Georgia, what uh, the Native Americans in Georgia were actually wearing, and I still don't see, um, I see more than just what uh, Hollywood has portrayed. So I'm kind of curious about that. My daughter sees what she sees. Okay. Um, but you, you also specifically said that, uh, they were 3000 years ago and you still haven't really answered, uh, how, you know, how old they are. Because it's the research. You got to understand every time we move to a new duty station, I do. Right. So like in eight months, we'll be going to Fort Lee, Virginia. So I already know we're going to be surrounded by you know, battlefields. Right. But so that yeah, doesn't tell you, you, you do research, but what is it about the spirit that tells you the edge? I mean, my opinion, the spirit's never really bothered any of us, but. Okay. So you don't really, I mean, uh, I, I don't see how you can say that this is a Native American from 3,000 years ago or from 10 years ago? That, that, I'm, just, I'm just being hypothetical with the whole, they've been here since like 1000 AD and up, but we don't know how long they've actually been down here. But that's not my, my point at all. I, again, I'm asking specifically, how do you date this spirit? How do you put a date on them? You're obviously not doing carbon-14 dating, so what is it you're using to determine a date, this spirit? How do you put it? Sorry, we got a little audio back. I'm not having good luck tonight right now with my audio. Um. Did you so uh, Alyssa? What he's saying is essentially like how how can we confirm that the the these people were alive during that period? You suggest 
Oh, like I said, all they have for here is artifacts. That's it. They right. built these houses on top of... So the way I can explain this military base, right, is it was built on top of slave cemetery, like slaves and Native Americans. So a lot of these houses... Right, and it sounds like to me what you're, you're doing is you're assuming that uh, you're somehow going from this is an Indian spirit... And then putting, then saying he's three thousand years old is 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 the date you put on them, and then you go back to artifacts. Is the Indian holding artifacts? I mean, what are you exactly using to date that exact spirit? Because you know, the, uh, Native Americans existed uh, up until you know, well, even today, right? They're they're still around. I don't know how many of them are uh, in Georgia and we're wandering around, but I mean. So how do you put a, a date on this particular uh, spirit of an Indian that you are saying? What, what is it that tells you they're 3,000 years old? Just because they've been here for thousands of years doesn't necessarily mean the spirit you're looking at is 3,000 years old, right? He could be 100 years old. He could be 50. Uh, he could have died yesterday wow. or whenever you the day before you first saw him. So how are you putting a date on that spirit? Or are you just assuming that it's really, really old? Because yeah. the artifacts and other stuff they find in the area are old. I, yeah. I don't see how you're making that connection. Me being intuitive, me being intuitive is the one thing that marks everything the correct way because I am never wrong when I am indeed intuitive. Are you still there? I can sit here and tell you what's, yeah, yeah I yeah. can sit here and tell you what's going to happen in the next six months. But uh, Ethan, I, um, I saw your mouth yeah, move, yeah. but I did not hear you. You can't hear us? So I may not be hearing the caller at all. All right, Alyssa, I can hear you, but he, Jim can't hear us. Can the people, okay, it looks like the people watching. And I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, yes, I can. Can you, uh, Jim, can you exit? Yes, you're gesturing. And, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, he has no idea. Uh, <laughs> we are having so many audio problems tonight. Uh, okay. Um, let's see if, sorry, Alyssa, just one moment. Okay. So the audience can hear all of us. Um, Jim, if you could look at that note right there. Okay. I'm getting feedback. Can you hear now? Exiting and rejoining doing now. Okay. Sorry, uh, Alyssa, I don't know what's going on. We're just having a bunch of audio. So you're saying your intuition is what provides the timestamp, so to speak, like you get a feeling. Is that, am I accurately representing your position? Alyssa? Can you hear me, Jim? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. And can you hear Alyssa? Yes, I can now. Okay. Um, so was I accurately representing you, Alyssa? Are you saying that do you know the age because of your intuition? I'm not saying in a way, yes. But I'm not at all saying that this spirit is 3,000 years old. Okay. More like maybe 1,000. <laughs> okay. So the age, though is not based on like uh like research or 
them admitting they're that no. age. It's based on your feeling. Is that, am I, again, I don't want to misrepresent you. Yes. So I'm just trying to understand. Yes. You, uh, it's on my feelings. Usually when it's my feelings, my feelings are correct and they are accurate. Just like how, when I do my tarot card readings, they are a hundred percent accurate. Okay. Would you, that brings me to it. Actually, another interesting question. Would you be willing to do um, not necessarily on the air right now, because we got to get to the next caller in a moment, but would you do a tarot card reading for me off the air, like perhaps like tomorrow or sometime, any type of reading? Uh, yeah, I could do that. You just got to give me a time and I can do one. Sweet. Uh, Jim, I before we get to our next. Want... Uh, before... I, I mean, I can do a Celtic cross one. I can do your past, present, and future. Okay. You know what? Past, present, present, and future. I'm sold on that. Um, Let me know. I believe we're connected on Facebook. Let me know what your availability is tomorrow. I work, but I will definitely make time to make sure we can get this reading done. Uh, Jim, before we move on, did you have any last questions? No, no, I don't. Okay. All right. Uh, Alyssa, thank you. uh, Kicking my ass. Yeah, it is a hot one outside. I love the heat. But thanks for taking the time to call in today. You're welcome. Y'all have a good night. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Now, for me, I don't necessarily want like to like she was relying on feelings to determine someone's age. I don't know that that's a reliable means of telling someone's age yeah. or spirit's age. Um, but I, you know. The only way I'm going to know is if we we test her ability. So tomorrow, you know, off the air, maybe maybe I'll see if she's willing to record it. We'll go and do an in-depth test and see how reliable their readings are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be willing to do it as well, except that uh, entirely too much of my life is out on the, the web and entirely too easy to research. Um, and too many inferences can be made with enough data. So, um, you know. It would have been better to have her completely unprepared um, and do a, uh, a reading live, but of course we're pressed for time, so we can't really do that. But well, uh, yeah, know, it'll be I'm, interesting to see what happens. It will, and I'm 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 curious. I'm excited about the past, present, and future because I do put a lot out there, so um, I'll be able to know whether she can tell me anything confidential or not. Like, and I'll right. just reiterate the challenge I have to any psychics mediums out there my uh brothers and i my one brother has passed we spoke in our own language we use some of our own words to communicate uh and the only two people alive that know this language are me and my brother and then obviously the third brother who passed on if someone out there can communicate to me in the language my brother brothers and i used then I would be sold on your ability and I would be the first one on this podcast announcing that, hey, you, your ability is real. You were able to communicate with my brother because there is no code. This is not documented anywhere. There's no way any amount of research can be done to figure out what the hell my brothers and I are saying. Yeah. Yeah. My other problem with what you're saying, um, what I was trying to drive at with how it was putting an age on the spirit was the clothing styles, hairstyles, um, all, all, every style of dress is changes over time. And so you can accurately nail down a within a century 
especially in Western dress, just by looking at the dress and the way they are. But she kept going back to artifacts and other things, things that we would find in museums, things that we would, you know, um, we don't have a lot of portraiture of Native Americans. So trying to figure some of that out would be really, really difficult. But she didn't go to anything along those lines. Um, and I found that very, very interesting um, that she was, she kept going back to research into artifacts, um, but couldn't tell us about the dress or the hairstyles right. um, or jewelry or anything else. And that's one of the things that uh, would have helped to identify when someone lived. Uh, we don't have, I don't know that we've got super good resources for Native Americans, or I could be wrong on that. But when I hear war paint and uh, loincloths, um, I'm sorry, uh, I immediately think of Hollywood Native American because um, Hollywood portrays all Native Americans in that dress and not all Native Americans dressed that way. Yeah. Um, so it's... I got to say, yeah. you one of your questions got me really excited when you asked why they don't see, you know, or if they see older species of human. I've never thought to ask that. Like, why don't they see cavemen or any other mm -hmm. earlier species? Like, that That was a really good question. Right. And uh, nobody ever wants to ask that. Where, you know, if you believe in evolution and spirits, then you have to ask this question, right? And the simple answer is that Homo sapiens can only see Homo sapiens and, and the other... Uh, Neanderthals can only see Neanderthals, whatever, but we're all, you know, a lot of us are, have some Neanderthal in us. Um, but even like the Native American population, um, over however many thousands of years they've been here, is a huge population. If they're all dead and wandering around, then uh, we should not be able to see, uh, anybody who can see spirits should be seeing all of them. So where do some of them go and what happens? So... Um, uh, before we get to our next caller, I'd like to read the super chat from Amit Matthew. Uh, why is the spirit that is seen always one with a Wikipedia page? Where's Joe Schmo, the friendly ghost? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she was taking us to Wiki, uh, Wikipedia page or a, a Native American she knew was dressed in, in loincloth and um, in that style. And I couldn't find it in a short period of time. I, I looked, so. And please note, if you if you are ever hesitant to call in, just know, you know, I know we sometimes get callers that will be like, you know, you're just going to say I'm crazy. We we don't do that here. Uh, we just don't always agree with your conclusions and simply not agreeing with the conclusions you're making doesn't mean any of us think you're you're crazy. Um, in fact, right. when someone says they see a shadow person, I tend to believe them. Um, I, I'm just not convinced that it actually is a shadow person. I think it's their brain creating imagery and making it, you know, it's pareidolia, making it look like something. Right. Um, cool. All right. We're going to get to our next caller. Uh, he's called a few times before. Uh, Guacamole Kid from Illinois wants to talk about out-of-body experiences and the timeline of our history. So, uh, GK, you are on with uh, Jim and Ethan. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, thank you. Yep, so, doing good. What did you want to talk about specifically? Well, um, I'll start with uh, the out-of-body experience thing that I was uh, talking to you with about a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, 
Are you talking I, about a specific uh, event or out-of-body experiences in general? Yeah. Well, remember, I kind of gave you a procedure how to do it, and you said you're going to try it and this and that. But I just wanted to let you know that well, I, I actually, the next couple of nights, I was, I, I was like, well, I'm going to see if I can't get in that state of mind again. And I couldn't reproduce it. I couldn't get, I couldn't get myself to get to where I achieved that state of mind. Could Although you, I tried, you know, for I just the, couldn't, whatever reason. For the people but listening and my, real no. quick, for the people listening and my co-host, could you please reiterate the steps you were referring to just so everyone is on the same page? Well, what it was is that in, in, a, in your mind's eye, in a very relaxed state, you know, very relaxed, restful state, kind of, you know, where you're almost getting ready to fall asleep, but you're still awake. You go through a step of uh, a procedure where you, in your mind's eye, you go to somewhere in your house, perform some kind of task, and then repeat that process over and over again. And then eventually it will lead you to this, this vibrational level to where you can actually have what is called an out-of-body experience. But a lot of people equate that same sensation or vibrational level to what they call night terrors or sleep paralysis, where they say they see, you know, shadow people or whatever, because you're at a different vibrational physical state, basically. But I wanted to tell you, I tried to do it and I couldn't reproduce it. You know what I mean? So... But if, if I could tell you a little bit about some of the circumstances leading up to when I did that, it might be helpful because it kind of ties in a little bit with what you guys were talking about. Sure. So before we proceed, Jim, do you have any clarifying questions? Yeah. Um, when you say vibration, what do you mean? Have you ever had uh, what they call a sleep paralysis or anything like yep. that, Jim? Yep. Well, you've had it. That's I. I haven't, you've and it scares me. That where your body tenses up and you're, it's real kind of scary, frightening type of feeling. Uh, it wasn't frightening. It was just really, really weird that I could not move, and yet I was mentally, as far as I could tell, awake. And there's a cat dancing yeah, around my feet, and I don't own a cat, and I did not, and I don't own a cat, and have never owned a cat. So, yeah. Yeah, and and I would say that that you reached your 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 vibrational level was in the same you know the same frequency whatever you want to call it as you as it out of body experience takes place in. So well, when so, where you can't move your body, what? Yeah, that? that's sleep paralysis is a a normal, well understood phenomenon. So I don't know what you mean by different state. Well, the, the the state the, the state of being that you are within this very well recognized physical phenomenon is actually a vibrational change in your in your. What does vibrational change mean? What does that mean? What's vibrating? <laughs> well, uh, there's some pitches that we can hear and some that we can't. Right? I mean, you you. Are we going to get caught in the weeds in this? Because I just wanted to say, you know, before that I, you know, I tried to do it again and I couldn't, I couldn't reproduce it. But the reality, what happened, what it is, is when you're in that state of mind, whatever you want to call it, vibrational state, it doesn't matter what you call it. Whatever state of mind you're in at that moment. Is the state the, of mind I am is, is partially awake and partially asleep. I have out of body. What? 
The, the state of mind that I'm in is right. partially awake and partially asleep. I have not fully woken up yet. Yeah, that's the state I'm in. Well, you're awake. You're awake, but you're but you're. You know, I mean, I'm not exactly sure the exact physical manifestation is what of of what brings that 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 level of consciousness on or whatever. I'm not a scientist. I'm not trying to explain exactly physiologically what's going on with that. My point was that that if you experience the sleep uh, paralysis, then you are in the the correct uh, physiological state to experience an out-of-body experience. So if if you can't really explain it, um, I, I guess, how, how, how do you know? Well, let, let me tell you a little bit about what was going on, if you got a second, because it's kind of an interesting story, and it has a little bit to do with tarot cards work their way into it, too, <laughs> believe well, it or not. But, well, uh, real, real quick, one of the... the so uh, go ahead I'll, I'll come back to it okay okay back in the mid 90s a friend of mine and I we we're co-writers of a musical a rock musical that was based on a very very famous author's work you've heard of J.R. Tolkien mm-hmm. we did a rock musical based on a story of his called A Baron and Luthien uh-huh. and uh, it was a really good show but we had a conversation kind of going with the estate of Tolkien after we wrote it and performed it live to get a license to carry forward with it. But we were just a couple of nobodies and they were negotiating with uh, uh, the movies at that time. So we were not able to carry forward with it. But from the time I began working on this project, it took me about 2,500 hours to write. Um, mm-hmm. It, in a, it took about a year uh, in, in 2,500 20, hours. But from the time I began that project to the time it was over, you know, I had so many just weird synchronistic experiences that you can't really say why or how, but, you know, I mean, they definitely happened. And by the time it was finally put to bed, then the whole thing stopped. My experiences stopped. But my my feeling is that, when you when you deal with something that has a lot of emotional energy, like that, like J.R. Tolkien is really relates to a lot of people throughout the world. There's a lot of emotional uh, energy that goes into his work, you know, and, and the the worlds that he created. And I think that somehow, when I entered into writing that that stuff, I'm a channeler. When I write music, I channel kind of the, the music comes to me out of nowhere. So this was, you know, uh, during that time, I think I opened up channels of communication. And that's during the time when I was dealing with the estate, you know, uh, England is like, it's the middle of night here when it's in the afternoon there. So I had to call real late at night. So I developed insomnia trying to get hold of these people, you know, over a course of time. So that's when I was having these out-of-body experiences because I was laying there, you know, I couldn't sleep because of all this other stuff going on in my life, Mm -hmm. too. So that's when this was brought on. And then I had a series of these things happen. And then by the last one, I got kind of the message that that I guess was trying to be communicated with me and um, very clear. 
and after that, I never had the desire to do it again or, or whatever, you know, I just kind of went by, but, uh, during that time, we were just about ready to get, have our meeting with the lady. Her name was Kathleen Blackburn. She was the lawyer for J.R. Tolkien's estate. Okay. And mm-hmm. I was just about to have my meeting on the telephone with her. And, um, that day, my co-writer, Bill, called me when, before I left work, and it was kind of a little bit snowy out, a little bit, you know, flurries of snow. And he called me up, and he said, he said, you know, the craziest thing happened last night. I had a dream of a tarot card. I said, really? And he says, yeah. He goes, I'm not really into tarot cards at all. I'm not, you know, I've never really studied them, but I had this really vivid dream. And it was the nine, I think it was the nine of pentacles. And the nine of pentacles, I, it's, I think it's the nine, but it mm-hmm. has a king or a powerful figure sitting on a throne. And the message of that card, supposedly, is a person of power is about to come into your into your life. So I was like, wow, you know, that's kind of interesting because we're supposed to have our call with Kathleen tonight, <laughs> you know. So, so all right. he just calls, yeah. tells me this. So, so he hangs up, and I'm, you know, right before I left for work every day, my, my guy, the friend next to me, uh, he had a uh, uh, Chicago Tribune. And I would read it, you know, for five minutes before I left. And after I hung up with him, I picked up the paper and opened up the entertainment section of that paper. And I swear to God, there was a half page size picture of not the nine of pentacles, but the 10 of pentacles. And I mean, I'm talking half a page big of the 10 of pentacles. And I just got done talking to him one second ago, hung up, picked up the paper, opened it. There it was. And, you know, it's the 10 of pentacles is two yeah. beggars outside of a church window and it looks real warm and inviting inside the church, but outside it's snowing and these two beggars can't yeah. go in. So it right. was like, so, we're uh, not going to get to go into GK. their world was the message I got. Right. Um, a couple of things so right off. Do you know what one of the, the uh, uh, other experiences are of um, sleep paralysis by chance? One of the most common, well, uh, you know, I want to say, I don't call it side effect, call it a co-effect. Well, what's a co-effect? Sorry, real quick, GK, what's, yeah. a, what's a co-effect? Well, in this case, it's something that's happening while the sleep paralysis is happening. Um, and it's hallucinations, uh, audio, visual uh, hallucinations that often result in fear are uh, a a common, again, I don't want to call it side effect because it's happening while it's going on. It's the end it. But it's one of the, the an effect that also uh, happens during sleep paralysis. So how do you know your out-of-body experiences aren't actually just hallucinations? Well, have you ever heard somebody describe an, a near-death experience when they go above the hospital and they look down and they can see the roof or they can see the people and look down on them and stuff? And that's easily – there's – yeah. That, my, yeah. And I was going to say, when I was in college – I experienced a lot of sleep paralysis because I'd be partying all night. I'd be tired out. I'd be right. drinking, you know, and I'd take a nap. Well, you're, and you're leading on to my next set of questions. Out. Yeah, you're, you're leading on to my next set of questions, right. which are, uh, we know what triggers um, uh, sleep paralysis. Narcolepsy can do it. It can all, it may also run in families, or may, so there may be a genetic component, although we're not certain of that yet. Um, but also sleep deprivation, psychological stress, and abnormal sleep cycles 
um, will all cause sleep paralysis. So it sounds to me like that while you're writing this Tolkien thing, you're under a lot of psychological stress. You're completely focused on it. Uh, you admitted to sleep deprivation and abnormal sleep cycles, and we have hallucinations. Why isn't those physical things the best and the, the best explanation for what you've experienced? Well, the, the thing about it is, um, Jim, is is I agree. You know that there's no there. It's really you're only going. You, all you have to go by is somebody's account of their personal experience. You know what I mean? Right. So really, it's just you. You can you can say you can come up with any logical thing. Well, this is this or whatever, and I and I can't really defend it because I'm talking in kind of you know we're talking a little bit uh, of a of a, uh, a topic that's a little bit esoteric in some ways, but um, when I, I don't think it's esoteric at all. It's, it's, a it's the subject of sleep studies. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is, are the sleep studies, are they accurate in what they're defining what's going on? They're saying they're hallucinations, but you know for a fact that that's what they are. Maybe they are a glimpse into another uh, dimension of reality because basically we all about proving that of the light yeah I'm how, how would you go about proving that huh how would you how go about, about proving it I can't prove it but all I can say from my experience when I had this sleep uh, sleep uh, uh, um, out of body experience the first time I did it, I was in my hallway, in my mind's eye, you know, like I was talking about Ethan when I was going down the hallway, blah, blah, blah. So the first time I did it, I was headed down the hallway when my when I finally broke into that, that state, whatever you want to call it. And then I left what I felt like I left my, my physical body and entered kind of a, a different dimensional realm. And at that time, I went out my front door, right through the front door. Like a like if you were a cruise missile going that fast, that's how it feels. That's how so, fast you because you don't have I, any strength. I kind of want to jump back of, to uh, uh, Jim's question, GK, yeah. and that is how could we go about proving this? Well, I, I don't know if you can. Like I said, I tried to reproduce it and I couldn't. Well, so are you mean, but shouldn't we withhold belief in something until we have sufficient evidence? On my last out of body experience. Uh, I, can you answer I, Jim's question? The, the, let me, let me, no, no, GK, can you answer Jim's question, please? We don't need a third story. Can you please it. answer Jim's question? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, but I need to get at it a little bit roundabout way. It's a, it's a yes okay. or no question. I don't know how you get more. I, I don't know why it has to be a roundabout. It's, shouldn't we withhold belief until we have sufficient evidence? If you're just looking to say you're right, you're wrong, but we're talking about an S of we're just talking about a topic here. We're not trying to 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 make the definite uh, decision whether uh, that this is real or not. I'm just telling you my experience. So, so I don't know. Right. I, don't I, guess, know. I mean, you can believe me or not, but I'm just saying that the, the, well, I did it maybe five times, and each time I got a little bit more aware of my surroundings. You can tell. Mm -hmm. 
when you're experiencing something for real and when you're not. Because I've hallucinated before. I know what hallucinating is like, but I know what reality is like. And what I was experiencing was reality. And in my reality, the first couple times, I was so just freaked out that I didn't notice a lot, except for I did notice when I went above where my condo was and I looked down on it, I could see the roof, I could see the... Uh, the swimming pool next to the building, like I was just up in a in a uh, drone up there or something, looking down on it. So I mean, it's it's got certain elements that you don't have in dreams or hallucinations. How important, so, uh, GK, is truth to you? What's that? How important is truth to you? Uh, truth is everything to me. So, are you open to the possibility that the that uh, you could be could be wrong here. Like, are you? I, I I'm not sure where you're at. Like, are you convinced um, that you in like there are these other d- dimensions and the things you're seeing are are definitely like you're yeah. having out of body experiences, or are you open to the possibility that this could just be your 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 mind creating no, this? There's always possibility. There's always possibility. Sure. Are Are you familiar no, with uh, the mathematician John Nash? What's that? I am not. Are, are you familiar with the mathematician John Nash? He was I've the subject of, of a beautiful. Yeah, he's, he's the uh, subject of the movie A Beautiful yeah, Mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you can always tell what is a hallucination and what isn't, why couldn't John Nash and other people with his condition not tell that the people they're talking to don't exist? You say they don't exist. I'm saying that maybe they do exist, and you're not tuned in the right frequency to see them. What does frequency mean? Frequency. Well, I mean, say for example, what we see in our uh, in our daily lives. Our our eyes see two percent of the light spectrum. Two percent. Yes, and we can detect the rest of it with sensors. There is stuff going on that we don't see. Right. Right. There's but we can detect the other ninety-eight percent of the visual. Okay. But we can detect the other ninety percent of the electromagnetic spectrum with sensors. Yeah, Just because we, we can't, can't see it doesn't mean we can't detect it. Sorry, GK. We got to do a little yeah. bit better job of not talking uh, uh, over each other. Jim, could you? What did you say again? Um. Uh, basically, the ninety-eight uh, percent. Um, yeah, just because we can't see it doesn't mean we can't detect it. Right. So why, I guess, jump to it being something supernatural, GK? Like, why well, not come up with something we could test a little bit better? My, my last experience with it, the time, the last time I did it, I was flying through the sky, through this gray world, and I saw a canyon uh, in front of me, like the Grand Canyon is what it looked like to me. And there was somebody in the distance standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and it looked like in a black kind of uh, um, a woolen type of uh, overcoat. You'd see somebody, maybe a professor wear, you know, in England or something. That's what it looked like to me. And I came up on this person standing on this cliff, and I was kind of coming around, and he started turning his face toward me. And right before I could see his face, he turned his back on me. And then I came out of my thing. And then my message, the message I got was, 
that, hey, it's not, you're not going to be able to do our project, your project, and use my name, get over it, and move on, you know? And I mean, that was uh -huh. the message that I got. But right. also, we because do, there was all these... GK, we do have to wrap up in series of different experiences. We do have what? to wrap up in just a moment. So I want to get to uh, okay. Jim again one more time. Did you have any uh, other other questions or things? You no, no, I, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, GK, thank you for uh, taking the time to call in today. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, next week on The Perspective, uh, it's going to be Holy Kool-Aid and Kenneth Leonard. So that should be a pretty exciting episode. Um, and for those who also don't know, August 14th, YFNA is putting together an ACA fundraiser. We have literally every single ACA host, but one is going to be appearing on YFNA. And in addition, all the behind the scenes people are coming on, you know, Katie, Greg, everyone that puts these ACA shows together will all be on for a three hour jam packed episode. Everyone will be coming on for 20-minute segments, and you're going to get to learn so much more about the ACA, and we're going to be trying to raise as much money as possible, and that is August 14th at 7 p.m. Uh, That's and awesome. Then also, uh, for those who don't know, we, <clears throat> Vila Bianca and I have another show. It's once a month on Mondays, and it's called The Hot Seat. Um, for those not familiar, we bring on two contestants, and they will debate three topics while eating progressively hotter wings. Uh, on the next episode, which is August 9th, it is going to be Dragnot versus Rudy B. So who can survive the heat? Um, I'd also like to thank, who do, you, who do you got your money on on that one? Drag. Drag? Drag? Yeah. yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd also like to thank our top tier patrons, uh, Cindy Plaza, Kenneth Leonard, Sky, Jump and Shoot, Oz, Secular Rarity, Philip Leach, Caitlin Beyond, Toast, Richard Gilliver, Sunset Sarge, The Blazing Wizard Pope, Meet Matthew, Kianta Fava Beans, and Ray Sylvester. Thank you all for your patronage. Um, you're ready to get to our... Oh, let me actually read the super chats as well. Secular Rarity, uh, just sending love for Ethan and Jim. Thank you for the $10 super chat. And then we've also got... Crap, where did the other one go? These, Unfortunately, these disappear if I don't put them on screen fast enough. So I apologize. There was another $10 super chat. I'm sorry if you could put- I've got it right here. Oh, do you oh have no, it? that's the one you just read. Um, scrolling up, there it is. Actually, Secular Rarity and Kelly Laughlin said the same thing. Just sending more love to Ethan and Jim. Um, and then Secular Rarity said the same. Well, thank you. All right, yes. Uh, Kelly, thank you for the $10 super chat as well. All right, yeah. we're going to go ahead and get to our last caller of the evening. We've got Kelly from Michigan wants to talk about uh, stories of a haunted night club. Kelly, how are you doing? Hi, Ethan. How are you? Doing good. Yourself? I'm doing great. So you are on with Jim and Ethan. What do you got for us? Hi, Jim. How are you? Uh, um, not too I, bad. I worked in a nightclub many years ago in DeKalb, Illinois, just a little ways down the road from you, Ethan. And uh, a woman had been killed in there in the 1980s. She had gotten caught and bled to death. And uh, there were a lot of wild stories about her ghost there. And I had a few experiences, nothing that I could say made me believe that I had actually encountered a ghost. 
but there were a lot of weird things that happened while I was there that were just weird. Were just weird. Um, Could you give us one thing I can think of right right off the bat? Is uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ethan. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, just pick out your most compelling one, and let's talk about that. Um, I yeah, it's it's hard for me to pick one that's really compelling because none of them. I'll tell you what. I was closing up one night, and I was in the back room. I was locking up the the till, the night's till. And this room was one of the centers of the hauntings, supposedly, in the, in the building. And as I was locking things up, the light behind me started to flicker. And I jokingly thought to myself, well, there's the ghost playing with the lights. And I walked back into the main bar room, and there was two people there, my wife and the bouncer that was working with me that night. And I said to him, hey, the ghost is in the back room playing with the lights. So they both jumped up to go over to the back room to see that happening and got about halfway there and the door swung open by itself and they both made immediate 90 degree turns toward the front door of the bar instead it was pretty funny i actually had a laugh but if i had to say anything that that was probably the most compelling thing that i saw but i wouldn't say that that was proof of ghost either so okay so it sounds like uh just electrical issues it could have been, and it could have been that I didn't close the door all the way when I came through it. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm a skeptic, so it's hard for me to say that I saw anything that was actually there. Now, I had a guy that came in with me one night, and I sent him down into that same room. We had the walk-in cooler, and I sent him down to the cooler to uh, grab some six-packs of beer for me. And he came back up immediately without them and asked me if the place was haunted. And I asked him why, and he told me he had just seen a blonde woman standing at the bar downstairs. And that was the description of the ghost. And so I told him, you know, the story. And he came in and quit the next day. Now, I don't, you know, I Wait, don't over know the how ghost? compelling he quit? that is. Again, it's, it's not any proof of anything. But, you know, it's just a weird story. That was something that was happening there. All right. So let, let me ask you this. If nobody had told you that somebody had died there, nobody had told you the place was haunted, what conclusions would you draw from your experiences? From my experiences, I could, I could myself, I can draw, I can figure out a natural explanation for everything that I personally experienced. So, um, so the and, only, if, if, I, if, I, if I could just rephrase, it sounds like that the only reason you're calling this bar haunted is because somebody told you and then you had some odd experiences that you wouldn't otherwise think were even remotely related to supernatural. Would that be correct? Right. It, yeah. Like, yes. When people, you know, when you're sitting around and late at night and you're having a couple of drinks and people mention ghost stories and stuff, I like to tell these stories because I did experience these things. But again, it was nothing that I really felt was really compelling or proof of any ghosts. But, you know, there, there were fun stories. Ethan had mentioned it on uh, Facebook earlier today. When I, and I said I worked in a quote-unquote haunted nightclub. You know, so I, you know, I figured I'd go ahead and call in and give you the, some of the stories that I had while I worked there. Yeah. So it so- was pretty much not pushed by the owner. He didn't want to be the haunted nightclub. But it was pretty much common knowledge amongst the people that went there or that were the regulars there anyway. So, so I know like from it is since you don't you're since you're not a believer, I don't have a whole lot of questions, but I know 
uh, I've always been like one of the reasons I do this show is because I love talking about ghosts. It's fascinating. And I, at one point was yeah. a believer. Um, there is this uh, place in Illinois, which people call it the most haunted cemetery um, uh, in the country. Bachelor's Grove. Bachelor's Grove. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I was about to say Buffalo Grove, but it's actually Bachelor's Grove. Um, however, they don't let you in at nighttime. So I was only able to go during the day. And of course, the people I went with, they were standing over certain graves and just like, oh, I, I'm getting this energy from this. I'm getting this. And I, the whole time was like, it's just cemetery. Like I didn't, even though I was a believer at that point, I never really got those. Like, I guess you could say I've had eerie vibes before, but I didn't have any vibes at that, that cemetery. I would love to go back at night. However, last I heard, uh, I, ha I have yet to verify if this is true or not, uh, but supposedly if you go there at night, you get arrested um, just because so many people were constantly breaking in. So uh, I need to look more into that because I would love to go at night. Um, I know I have had a few ghost hunters agree to let me go on these um, investigations with them, but they always end up canceling or disappearing on me. And it's disappointing. Oh. It's like one of these times I would love for one of these ghost hunters to just be like, Ethan, I'm taking you. We're going to get this done. Um, there's supposedly, I shouldn't say supposedly, there is this guy who is allegedly going to fly Dave Warnock to Illinois and we're going to go with him and a camera crew. He is uh, an, an atheist and a psychic and he's going to take us to these different locations and prove that his ability and that there is like an afterlife and souls. But I, you know, I won't know until I actually get, um, uh, until I actually go. Uh, and it looks like Je Jessica in the comments corrected me. You can totally still get in at night. Um, can you get yeah, in I, without I'm getting in trouble? That's the question. If so, uh, I, I would actually love to go at nighttime. I don't think any charges will be pressed against you. Um, I know I, I can't say that because I grew up down there. I have been in Bachelor's Grove many a night, and I never saw anything that made me think I was seeing a ghost down there either. So right. uh, we scared a lot of other kids while we, when we brought them in there, though. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. Did you have any uh, last questions before we wrap up? No. No. All right. Well. Uh, Kelly, thank you for sitting on hold for that long and thank you for taking the no, time. Oh, it was call my in. pleasure. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, I certainly did. Uh, thanks a lot, Ethan. Thanks for having me on. It was good to talk to you again, Jim. Good to talk, talk to you. To you Kelly. All right, Jim. It was first official episode of The Perspective. What did you think? That was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Um, for those that don't know, we are going to go into the discord after the show. We'll be doing like a 10 minute after show. Um, everyone who watched the show. Thank you. Remember to like, and subscribe Thursday. We will be back with the pickup line at 9 PM central standard. That's with my co-host Hannah Vaughn. And we are going to be talking about poly and open relationships, which I'm excited because all of this, uh, Jim, I don't know if you know, I came from a very conservative background, particularly like one that shames you sexually. So I am now just getting to experience life in a very different way than I ever thought possible. Like, uh, oh my. My partner, yeah, my, my, my partner <laughs> is kind of the opposite of me. I'm 
super conservative and you know getting out of my shell she's like very sex positive already had like all these experiences which i look forward to it is but i'm like I, I'm kind of like a child in this area. I'm learning because I was always taught that like, you know, sex pleasure, that shit's wrong. You're not supposed to express your needs. It's supposed to just be between a man and a woman in the bedroom. So that programming is still there. And to give you a quick example, Jim, when we went to the sex convention, I know this is a bit off topic, but uh, there was a, a, a flogger guy there and he handed it to me mm -hmm. to you know, flawed my partner and I couldn't do it. I was too embarrassed and, uh, and ashamed of it, like, because of how I was programmed now right. private, it was like, okay, that's a little different, but publicly, like I was really embarrassed. I'm like, I can't have anybody seeing me do something like this. This is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. Um, sometimes doing things in public is very different, um, especially is. if you're brought up with a, an ashamed culture. So yeah, I, well, I get that. Jim, when will you be on AXP next? Uh, I believe the 22nd of August. 22nd of August. And do you have anything uh, like, else going on or anything you'd like to promote? No, not at the moment. Uh, that's pretty much all that is going on at the moment. So, All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Uh, join us in Discord. We'll be there in just a couple minutes. Good night, everyone. Yep. Good night. Good night.